1: Thanks for tuning in to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sarah Story, the Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. Today, I'm so excited to share more about an upcoming exhibition, A Movement in Every Direction, Legacies of the Great Migration, with the two curators of the exhibition, Ryan N. Dennis, who's the Chief Curator and Artistic Director for the Center for Art and Public Exchange at the Mississippi Museum of Art, and Jessica Bell Brown, Associate Curator for the Contemporary Art at the Baltimore Museum of Art. The exhibition will open on April 9th at the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson, Mississippi. Welcome Ryan and Jessica. Thank you for having us, Sarah. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. So excited about this exhibition. And, and so I think it's so awesome that uh, two museums get to work together, two curators in different cities. I think that's gonna add such a great dimension. So. Um, Jessica, you know, tell us a little bit about how this exhibition came about.
0: Sure. Um, This, I wanna say that this project had been in the making before Ryan and I had joined our institutions. Um, Our directors had had been in dialogue about what it would mean to present uh, an exhibition that takes a look at the legacy and impact of the Great Migration. And, you know, this has been You know, a project that has been done before, per se, the Great Migration is, um, you know, this one of the most important um, historical moments in in this country's history, in that millions of African Americans left the South to um, migrate north in the Midwest and West. um, And art historically, um, really important exhibitions have been made on this subject matter. Um, But, um, you know, we decided that we wanted to invite contemporary artists who have personal and intimate ties to the South and to um, the legacy of the Great Migration. And we asked them to sort of think about how the Great Migration in the South shows up in their work. Um, So when Ryan and I came on board at our institutions, um, we knew very quickly the kind of folks that we were drawn to, the kind of artists that we were drawn to, um, and, you know, that we really wanted to say something new. Um, and in our early conversations with um, artists in those sort of early studio visits, it became very evident that so many folks were interested in um, thinking about the great, great migration from the vantage point of those who, um, whose ancestors decided to stay rooted in the South. Um, and as we started to do our curatorial um, sort of research to sort of ground the project in ourselves, you know, in the sort of historical subject matter, we also quickly realized that there was a longstanding um, history and exploration and excavation of those stories that um, don't typically get told around, um, around the Great Migration. Anything to add, Brian?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think geographically, right, like for our institutions to take an exhibition like this on and be in partnership with one another is because of a kind of um, migratory routes, right, that took place from Mississippi to Baltimore to Detroit to Chicago. And then, of course, West. and, you know, Chris Bedford and Betsy Bradley um, have been in dialogue for quite some time about how Um, the Mississippi Museum of Art and the Baltimore Museum of Art can work together. And this, you know, landed in a really sweet spot for them. Um, We joined our our teams in 2019 and 2020, and really kind of took a um, kernel of an idea and expanded it. Um, and, and, And really kind of great measures, right? So we have this exhibition that will open in April at the MMA will travel to the Baltimore Museum of Art. It will go to the Brooklyn Museum of Art. It will travel to the California African American Museum in Los Angeles. And we are talking to um, two other, you know, uh, venues in um, Chicago and Detroit. Um, but it's just a really, I think it's a really important um, exhibition to really consider from a visual arts perspective. Um, what stories haven't been shared about this historical phenomenon, and how those stories really um, show up in artistic practice, but also just like a way of life for artists.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting, and I think it's amazing that you have 12 artists that are going to create new works, right? It's It's all new, it's not, so that's incredible. What was that process like, talking to these artists with trying to tackle 12 12 new bodies or pieces of work with 12 different artists. I can imagine that was quite an undertaking.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, when Jessica and I like put our dream list together, we, I think started with like 20 to 25 artists. And then, you know, things kind of, time moved and conversations surfaced to the top. And, you know, um, we landed um, still ambitiously with 12 artists. (laughs) Um, and yes, new commission So the conversations were really organic. Really, you know, um, the the kind of the inquiry around really understanding f- from artists what their deep connections were to the South. From you know, like ancestral. If they didn't know, would they be kind of curious to do? A deeper research, gene- genealogy research on their families' connections to the South, um, and really to imagine with them a kind of possibility for this content, but also for their work. Like, how would they want to expand, um, you know, their their um, pro- production in a lot of ways um, with an opportunity like this?
1: Jessica, do you have anything to add about? Uh, and those initial conversations with artists? Yeah,
0: you know I think the the backdrop of these conversations is this sort of undeniable presence of um, the pandemic. Um, when Ryan and I started, we had a very short window of time at our institutions before the world kind of completely changed and fortunately during that short window of I want to say about four months or so, four to five months or so we were able to, reach out to our artists. And it was very clear that the content of the show, the sort of vision of the show um, was, was sort of palpably present and on their minds. And when the whole world shut down a few short weeks later, um, their commitment to our project, you know, remained intact despite all of the uncertainty facing um, our institutions and, you um, the art world and the world at large. Um, so in many ways, um, I think the strength of the idea and um, our belief in, um, in the possibilities that could arise when, you know, when our artists sort of took up this challenge, like all of those things sort of made, um, you know, it anchored us in a, in, in, in a moment where, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, so it's it's so rewarding right now. Ryan and I actually just got back from Chicago, when we spent um, a good amount of time with two of our artists, Quase Dyson and Theaster Gates. And in any other type of project as ambitious and as large scale as this, we would have um, spent so much time together in person along the way. Um, but many of our um, of our conversations have have been mostly virtual or 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 by phone so um, you know when we finally saw um, the works this past weekend it was it was a joyous occasion um, for I think both for the curators <laughs> and for the artists let's see
2: Ryan smiling. <laughs> I completely agree I mean we literally spent five hours with like each of them and we just haven't been able to do that over the last, you know, two years because of the pandemic. And as you know, Sarah, right? Like there's so much that comes when you're in, like comes out of in-person dialogue that shifts dramatically when we're just like in Zoom rooms or, you know, have such a quick visit that we only spend an hour together. Um, So yeah, this past weekend was really phenomenal.
1: Yeah, it does. It it
2: it doesn't it it um it doesn't hurt that Jessica and I also really enjoy each other's company, so (laughs) it just like it makes it it all worthwhile.
1: (laughs) That's great, and I can imagine with with visual art too. That's got to be very challenging to work with artists as they create this new body of work in a time where you can't be around the artists and the work because that's the feeling that you get from being around visual art is the majority of of the communication, right? What
2: was that like? I mean, I think that's like the nature of a commission too. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, the the maybe biggest difference is that over the course of time, you would be seeing work in the like stages of development. And we saw work and had conversations, but again, it looked different because we were on Zoom versus like in person. I mean, it was not without its challenges, but, you know, we worked We worked through it with our teams. I mean, Jessica and I really established great working relationships with our exhibition designers and the artists and really have pulled people in at the top versus at the end of like when, a, when an artist is close to being done. Um, and that's been really helpful so that people really understand the kind of um inner workings of the project and what artists are thinking about and and when changes get made I mean we're all like we're all on a conversation (laughs) together in a lot of ways so um yeah would you add anything Jess?
0: yeah I I would just say that you know one of the one of the things that I loved that I love about working with artists and and getting to sort of spend that time in person is that you really get to you get a sense of the poetry of it all the kind of aura of the object and um, you know you you really get to plug in and connect and um, and and be more connected to to the work as it's being made um, and although we had a somewhat kind of unconventional commissioning path because of the pandemic I think we still. Um, we still, I think we were still successful in getting to that point because we had faith in each other. Our artists had faith in us that we were doing right by them and in supporting them. And we had faith that, you know, although we couldn't just pull up at the studio and see things, (laughs) um, um, that they were still, they were still working and thinking deeply and, um, making, um really smart choices um, and one of our artists um, we we had a video a, a, a studio visit with with her and she was saying that she was very excited to be in dialogue with the other artists many of whom were friends many many are also um, you know she would sort of be put in context with them for the first time because the, the list is truly intergenerational um, and she was saying you know you have to you know, folks are going to show up because it's your folks, you know, where they're making work about family. And uh-huh. so there's a, there's a great, there's great dignity and honor in the sort of, um, you know, the, all of these works are a meditation on, on not just history, but um, ancestry and family connection. And So that I think really sort of bonded us all because we care deeply about, about the subject matter um, and the implications are,
1: are, um, the stakes are high. This is Sarah Story, the Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. You are listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen to the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sarah Story, the Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm chatting with Ryan Dennis and Jessica Bell Brown about an upcoming exhibition, A Movement in Every Direction Legacies of the Great Migration, which will open on April 9th at the Mississippi Museum of Art. Welcome back, Ryan and Jessica. So before the break, we were chatting about the all the different artists and the incredible work that they were able to create over the pandemic, and it's all new work. So what were some ways that you guys or the artists did research on their family backgrounds in order to create this new this new body of work.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, um. You know, with this project, with this exhibition, we um, we gave a lot of kind of resources, and like it's like a big open ended question, right? So, sure. um, um, when you think about research, I think it takes many forms. So, from oral histories to you know, um, folks um, talking to their families about um, the connect, their known connections to um, the Great Migration to um, Really, kind of something more, maybe official, um, like working with uh, an archivist to think about kind of genealogy. Specifically, we talked early on with um, MDAH, and um, and put put them in touch with a few of our artists, like Jamia um, Richmond Edwards and and um, and Carrie Mae Weems. Um, and then, you know, um, a kind of research process through photography, et cetera. I mean, I think um, I think the it has been a, a generative process for not just us, but the artists um, to, you know, kind of have these discoveries that have not only informed the artwork, but again, they're kind of, um, the way that they have come to understand their, like, place in the world, but also their, their family's, like, connection to this history that, um, might not have been so apparent, right, um, previously.
1: Jessica, did you have anything to add about the research methods or process?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that's really interesting about, um, about, Black families. There's generally sort of one or two people who are the keepers of um, family trees and um, you know important heirloom objects or photographs or um, documents. In my family, on my dad's side, it's my dad, and on my mom's side, it's my my um, eldest aunt Virginia. And I remember going. hanging out with her in the summers and she would say oh we're going fishing and we'd get in the car and um we'd be driving for hours no bodies of water in sight and we're like oh Virginia where are we going she's like we're fishing for relatives um, and that <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um, and that um is was really um one of the first times that I kind of understood what it meant to be seeking um to be sort of seeking those missing pieces of the puzzle and I think many of our artists um, were also engaged in this process of, of of fishing, fishing for for relatives or fishing for sort of points of connection. Um, so some folks looked to the archive. Some folks were, um, as Ryan was saying, engaging in a process of oral history, and some people were also were thinking about um, those missing pieces of the puzzle in really um, complex and um, Abstract ways and thinking about absence, right? Not having all of the information. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to imagine an alternative um, um, possibility or to imagine um, a kind of new way to understand um, or hold space for that absence? Um, and so that, you know, when, when folks will enter into the exhibition, um, I think they, there might be this expectation that they see um, this kind of deep archival imprint, but I'm I'm really hoping for and looking forward to also this encounter with with a kind of um, speculation or abstraction, which is which goes hand mm-hmm. in hand with that process of of. Um, Thinking about family history and memory and those sort of archival absences um, that Black families often have to face um, when doing their, their um, family research.
2: I think that was too, thanks for bringing that up, Jess, because it was one of the, I think for us to share with our teams also in terms of, I think when this exhibition or the idea was maybe just the kernel. It was uh, these one-to-one relationships. So like an artist would, you know, kind of go down this path of genealogy and explore, you know, their points of connection to the South. And then that was it. But through this kind of process, conversation, um, exploration with artists, it's the the speculative and the, the abstract that also has like emerged in a way that has been really powerful and also part of a kind of story of black americans as well right like what what are the missing pieces and how do you um how do you kind of understand that um how do you understand that absence um in the present and that's been a really um I think a kind of profound, honestly, discovery for <clears throat> Jessica and I um, and our artists. Yeah, the absence and the history. Right, because everything is not stri- everything is not so straightforward, and there are, there are many kind of absences by way of a person being absent. Um, where did they in in a in a in a instance like Carrie Mae Weems? I mean, someone went missing. Um, you know. Um, Yeah, I think it's just a, it is part of our existence and it shows up in this exhibition um, in a way that there's still like um, agency that's part of how people will choose or have chosen to um, deal with that absence in their life.
1: That's great. Yeah. Jessica, do you want to say a little bit more on
0: that? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just reflecting on, you know, what, what it would mean to not have memory of a place, but know that that place existed and has had a deep impact in, um, in one's life, you know, or, or your your life is a testament to an amalgam of experiences and histories that may or may not be visible or known to you um in so many you know i feel like that's such a for black americans it's such a um you know it's it's such a relatable um circumstance um i think ryan was kind of getting to this point in thinking about you know Folks who might sort of be unnamed in the archive and what the implications of that. And I think you can't talk about that without talking about the history of, um, you know, the transatlantic slave trade and, um, you know, you would be lucky to have your ancestors named in the archive um, as a consequence to that history. Um, And so we've always had to use strategies to ground and anchor ourselves visually, spiritually, musically, culturally, socially, communally. Um, And this exhibition rests on that deep history of practices um, and and those practices I think are exhumed by um, or highlighted by the artists who, who we've chosen to be part of the show. That's so
1: powerful. Yeah, so what can what can visitors what can they expect to see? Do you, do you have a sense for what the exhibition will feel like as folks walk in? Will it be indoor and outdoor? Will it be in the galleries?
2: Um, here at the MMA and at the BMA, the um, <laughs> the exhibition will be indoors in our in our changing galleries. Um, They will see a little bit of everything photography, film, um, installation, paintings. Um, I mean, I think in terms of the feel, I don't want to maybe pre-assume what the feel for people might be, but I do want, I think we have, you know, um, we wanted to feel deep. (laughs) right like deep mm-hmm. and kind of um there is a kind of i think like a spirit at play within this exhibition because it is um connected to um trusted stories from you know from artists that um you know jessica and i um uh hold and protect and also you know will of course share with the public and i think um you know, we want it to feel intentional and um, and really generative in a way that you know really kind of allows a visitor to walk into that space and like see themselves, um, see themselves, and maybe become curious about their own family histories and. Um, and encourages them to like ask their great aunt a question if that great aunt or uncle or you know an elder of sorts um, is still living to have some dialogue around particularities of like their family and you know history of time, um, but also you know thinking about how how folks will move in the future and what might land ownership look like community building look like um, when, especially kind of in a moment that, in, that we live in right now, which is really primed for thinking about the establishment um, in more kind of self-determined ways. Mm-hmm.
1: Jessica, do you have anything to add?
0: The show will be a sensorium of experiences and sounds and, um, imagery, um, I get so excited thinking about it because, <laughs> um, you know, I had just traveled to uh, Mississippi to be with Ryan to install with one of our artists yesterday, and it was just, um, you know, it, it's jaw drop. It, it will be jaw-droppingly jaw-dro- gorgeous, um, and rich, and, lively, and we're just really excited to share it with the world.
1: This is Sarah Story, the Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. You are listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen to the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m.
0: or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. This is Sarah Story, and I'm joined by Ryan and Jessica. We're discussing the upcoming exhibition opening April 9th, at the Mississippi Museum of Art called A Movement in Every Direction, Legacies of the Great Migration. So we haven't had a chance yet to hear about the 12 artists that will be showing and creating new work for this exhibition. Jessica or Ron, do you wanna share that list with the audience? Sure. So
0: we've had the distinct pleasure of working with Akia Breon, Mark Bradford, Zoe Charlton, Larry W. Cook, Torquoise Dyson, Theaster Gates, Allison Janae Hamilton, Leslie Hewitt, Stephanie Jemison, Robert Pruitt, Jamia Richmond-Edwards, and
1: Carrie Mae Weems. That's just a powerhouse list. It's really exciting, it's 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 huge, Mm -hmm. it is powerhouse. So yeah, I can imagine that, well, I don't know this. Some of those artists probably have not shown
2: in Mississippi before. Um, you're correct, but many of them are from at least have family ties to Mississippi, um, which is really beautiful. And, um, you know, Akia Breon's family has land in Columbus, um, the gates family is from Humphreys County, um, Carrie Mae Weems family is from Mississippi, Clarksdale, so. Wow. Um, Yeah, so we're really excited that um, while they might have not shown here before, this is the time for them to show here, and um, also all of the family members that live in those counties will also show up um, at the Mississippi Museum of Art, hopefully elsewhere, too. That's great, that's really exciting, absolutely. Um, Jessica,
1: had you spent much time in Mississippi before, for this project?
0: Not. Um, My first time in Mississippi was actually last April when I came down to visit with Ryan and her team at the MMA, um, which was really marvelous. Um, I'm from the South. I grew up in Georgia. I have family in the Macon, Atlanta, and Augusta areas, Um, but I re- you know, and thinking back to all those like church trips back in the day or um, you know family family um, you know, vacations, we, we never really spent much time in Mississippi. It was always Alabama or in Georgia or in the Carolinas. So um, it's been really nice to, to plug in.
1: That's great. How Have the artists been responding to, to coming to Mississippi?
2: Oh, just enthusiastically, you know um, this of, of, you know it's just we're we're so honored um, by the response and their um, commitment to the idea and and sharing these kind of the stories with us, but also they're just folks are really excited to come down south and. Um, If they have not been to Mississippi, if they are from here, right, to, like, come and spend time with their families, you know, um, and just reroute and, and ground and expand, and that's really wonderful. I will say, you know, another thing that Jessica and I are both from the South, and it feels just feels like really appropriate for us to be doing this show at this time and you know we are two black women um working um within institutions that are truly trying to kind of like um push ways of kind of collaboration and partnership um within with another institution but also within our um within our with our colleagues and um and i do think the kind of yeah, our connections to the South um, just make things more dynamic.
1: That's great, Jessica. Do you have anything to add to that? No, <laughs>
0: very much like the artists, we Ryan and I, we uh, we got to do right by
1: our folks. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Um, well, tell us a little bit about. What's going to be going on around the exhibition? I know curators, you know, half, half of it is getting artists together in an exhibition together, but then there's there's so many programs and initiatives around it. What are you guys planning?
2: Well... So specifically for the exhibition and it opening at the MMA um, you know, the exhibition is on view until September 11th. And so within that time, we have about 65 public programs that will happen um, over the next like five to six months, which is really exciting. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. From in-person programs to online programs, hybrid programs, you know, public tours, um, partnerships across, um, you know, our local community. And then um, of course with the Baltimore Museum of Art, um, you know, we're really looking forward to the opening weekend, which consists of a convening that really amplifies the themes of the exhibition with um, scholars and artists and um, cultural workers um, in Mississippi and beyond. Um, So we're looking forward to this kind of like folks ascending (laughs) <laughs> in Jackson um, <laughs> on April 7th through 10th. And then, you know, what's been really so wonderful and exciting um, to work with Jess on is our three publications. So, you know, in the spirit of ambition, uh, we um, <laughs> we took on, um, you know, because uh, we're dealing with the Great Migration, which is a historical moment, uh, and we wanted to... You know um, be able to talk about the history of that of that time um and we have worked on a critical reader which really covers you know the kind of state of america um between 1870 and 1970 um and so uh the critical reader is um is really kind of broken up in three themes um the turn of the century um you know, these kind of Southern food ways and the, and the impacts on like food throughout the country. And then, you know, a kind of radical shift of like culture, formation of social groups, et cetera. Um, and then <clears throat> the book closes with a, a round table that we did in March of 2021 with our artists. Um, it was the first time that we were all able to gather, together um, and talk about the themes of the exhibition, their connections to one another and to us in the South. Um, And it's just a really beautiful publication that um, underscores the kind of historical moment, but also, you know, the artist's voice, which then continues into volume two, um, which is our exhibition catalog, um, which we have really phenomenal contributors, Within the exhibition catalog, Kiyase Lehman from Jackson, Mississippi, um, Sharifa Rhodes-Pitts, Dr. Willie Wright, Jess Lynn, um, and of course, Jess and I wrote um, an essay about southernness and, mo- and migratory movements and really kind of, um, you know, it's our curatorial contribution to um, essay. And then we have volume three, which is um, a free publication that really gives a kind of really led by our interpretation and education teams, um, but gives some insight into the artist in a more personal way. Um, and it's free to the public. Jess, would you add well, would you add to that? And there's there's a continuum of <laughs> more things that will continue to
0: talk about. I know. Yeah. I'll just say when, when, when folks come to the show, they will be able to, um, to engage with a digital, digital storytelling initiative that will, um, will be a kind of momentary vessel for the stories of, um, people who have experiences with the Great Migration. Um, and so that also is an initiative is an initiative that was led by our, wonderful education and interpretation teams. Um, And will be a really beautiful way to, um, for folks to engage in a deeper and more personal way with the subject matter exhibition. So we're very much looking forward to that.
1: That's awesome, that's really cool. So uh, tell us a little bit more, is there one, do you you each wanna share one artist and their, their, installation or project that you're just really excited for folks to see or discover, if you can pick one?
2: It's hard to, it's obviously hard to pick one, but I think, um, you know, what I'm really looking forward to is the moment when, you know, people enter the exhibition. Um, Sarah, I mean, you've been to the MMA and so you know what's really wonderful about um the space is that you can kind of see the changing galleries right when you kind of stand in in the middle of the corridor and so not only will you be kind of confronted with the vibrancy of our of our um our walls and kind of inviting you into really drawing like gravity you're going to be gravitated i think um into walking down the corridor Um, uh, but you'll be confronted with robert pruitt's work a song for travelers um, so large, a large scale kind of mural-like um, drawing that consists of 17 figures, um, and um, a very kind of um, you're you feel really enveloped by the drawing because the figures are also like life size. It feels um, some of them are kind of sitting, um, some of them are standing. They're really colored quite beautifully. Um, And they're making an offering to the spirit figure. Um, I think the drawing is of course a representation of Robert's connection to Houston, Third Ward and um, to Fourth Ward, which is where his family's from to, um, well, at least Fourth Ward is um, a black settlement in Houston. And the drawing really speaks to this kind of force of protection and resources and community building, um, while also situating kind of like historical moments and and figures that are connected to church or, you know, social groups and clubs, education, et cetera. Um, And it's just really kind of, I think it is kind of situates a viewer um, and the kind of connecting points that they'll have throughout the show. and it's just a powerful kind of entry that I'm looking forward to seeing how people respond to it. And Jessica, who are you looking forward to?
0: I am very much looking forward to um, to seeing Mark Bradford's 500, which is a monumental suite of um, of papered, wood panels, um, the paper itself has been um, caulked with, uh, um, or, or sort of traced in caulk this advertisement that Mark found from the Crisis Magazine, which was the um, communications arm for the NAACP. And so in this, this ad that he found um, from a 1913 um, edition, of the crisis was an ad for 500 families to um, to migrate to Blackdom, New Mexico. And Blackdom was founded in 1903 and was um, one of many Black settlements that were created um, in the wake of emancipation. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and this ad, this wanted ad, um, I think really encapsulates um, the power of dreams and the power of of imagining an alternative possibility for oneself and one's family. Um, And so I'm really excited to see how folks respond to to Mark's painting, which is an homage to this very um, special but short-lived place in American history.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. And talk about, yes, yeah, stories that people may not know about. That's powerful, important part of history. That's great. Well, I um, also wanted to, to share with the audience that Mississippi Museum of Arts Monique Davis will be hosting a podcast on our podcasting platform under the Mississippi Arts Hour around the Great Migration. It'll be a limited series and it will explore how food, music, and literature evolved in the United States during the Great Migration and after. And she'll talk to authors and chefs and musicians with all, all based in Mississippi. So that will include folks such as Casey Lehman, Ralph Eubanks, Queen Areda, Johnny B, Nia Mayard, and Chef Enrico Williams. So we hope that everyone checks that out. And thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for Jessica and Ron for creating this incredible exhibition for bringing these artists and great folks uh, to Mississippi or back to Mississippi. And thanks for
2: being on the show. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Sarah.
0: Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners. So if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org.